Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, time for how-to. When we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day, today it's how to get out of debt. Owen McGee is author of How to Make Your Money Work. Owen, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you too. Now, you have this uh, this definition of, as crappy or happy debt. Yeah. Uh, a happy debt sounds like a contradiction in terms <laughs> to me. Uh, but <laughs> what do you define as happy debt? So happy debt is where it's usually hard to get it. Usually the interest rates are quite low and you usually usually use it to buy things that go up in value. Right. A mortgage is right. what I'm For talking instance, about. Yes, For instance, yeah. a mortgage. Um, crappy debt, on the other hand, is car loans, personal loans, overdrafts, credit cards. It's stuff that's easy to get, loans that's easy to get, and you use it to buy things that usually go down in value or you consume immediately like a holiday or you use the credit card to pay for a meal in a restaurant. Yeah. So yeah. it's stuff that doesn't really add any happiness to your life over the long run. Your car might, you might appreciate it yeah. for the first six weeks but after that the smell has gone so, out of it. So, so you get a scratch on it that's the end of that. <laughs> yeah. and, and now mostly we're going to be looking at the uh, at the crappy uh, loans but just on, on the happy ones for a minute if somebody does get into difficulty say for instance with their mortgage when you and you know obviously people encourage everyone you have to go and engage with them and you have to do all those things can you do a deal with them? In I mean, if you haven't paid your mortgage for five years, mm. th- can you do a deal with them when you say, there's just no way I can pay you back those five years, but can I restart my payments again? So there's a couple of levels of this, Sean. So the yeah. first thing is, is if you go into difficulty, you are absolutely building up problems for the future if you don't engage with your bank. Right? Yeah. So if you stick your head in the sand, that is not the solution. So once you start talking to them and you are trying to engage with them, they can come up with arrangements to say, you know what, we're going to take the money that you haven't paid for the last six months and we're going to stick it onto the end of the mortgage and is kind of the way, that's not really technically what happens, but that's yeah. really what happens. And you're going to stick it onto the end of the mortgage. We're going to come up with an arrangement that you can afford on a month-to-month basis. And they should work with you, provided the communication's open. But there are times where it gets worse and worse and worse and you're just in a situation where you can't get out of it. And that's where you might enter into something like a personal insolvency plan or you might enter where if you, the restructure is not working. And there are situations where it's just, it's a case of there is no way out here. This person's circumstances have changed so much since they took the mortgage out. It's not affordable. In general, and the banks will scream and shout about this, in general, the legal system here protects the family home. Okay. Okay. And a lot of banks would say, we're not very attractive here in Ireland because it's too protected and it's very hard to throw people out of their home. And that's terrible for them, isn't it? Right. (laughs) (laughs) They're the real victims here. Yes. (laughs) So what I would say is, is there are avenues you can take. The first thing is communicate with your bank. If you're getting nowhere with your bank and you really feel that it's a difficult place to be and you're really finding it and you're trying your best, people like MABS, there are personal solvency practitioners. There's other people there that can work with you to really try and get yourself out of that and come up with an arrangement that not just works for the bank, but works for you too. You are, people think, oh, if I enter one of them, I won't be entitled to a life. You're absolutely entitled to live and you're mm. entitled to have a life and you're entitled to have a second go at things if things go wrong for you. Right, but if, if as you say, your life ch- circumstances have changed, say your mortgage was 1500 a month yeah. and there's just no way you're going to be able to pay 1500 a month for the next 20 years. It's just not on. Will the bank eventually have to suck up? Like, what can we get? There have been times in the past where they will suck it up. It's interesting, like, if we go back a good bit, if we go back kind of, I won't name the banks and we don't get in trouble, right? But there was one bank who was, it's not the current banks that are pulling out of Ireland. I'm talking about 15 years ago. There was our 10 or 15 years ago. There was a couple of banks who decided we're not going to stay here anymore. And they were doing great deals. 
they were like and actually it's, it's long ago now long enough ago now that I can say it right but they, what they were doing was the board of management of that bank were given targets that if you get this off the books we will you'll get your bonuses yes. so there was great deals being done at the time and people were moving from one bank to another and these were performing loans and they might have been on tracker rates they might have and there was some big write downs but they're, 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 you've heard this saying before if you owe the bank 100,000 euros, you're in trouble. If you owe the bank 100 million euros, <laughs> they're in trouble, right? Yes. So you have to try and weigh that up. They will make sure that they will exhaust every avenue to make sure that they can allow you to live your life from the letter of the law, but that they can get their money back. But I'm not I'm not saying that deals aren't done. I have I have heard of deals and I don't do I do this stuff. But yeah, I'm yeah, talking about yeah. uh, conferences and stuff. I have heard of deals where people are, are fighting with the bank back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and getting nowhere. And then they're asked to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And then the right. next day the deal comes across in the post. OK, that's what you never hear about. Yes. Then. All right, fair enough. Right, so so the, the, the crappy loans, though, as you kind of well described them, and it's so easy to kind of suddenly realise one day, I have seven loans out for yes. stuff I got over the... Uh, and it's eaten away at my finances. And particularly the kind of renewable debt that you can have like people look at an overdraft I don't have an overdraft I don't have a loan I just have an overdraft that's a loan yeah. and, and you know what the biggest problem the biggest thing we get caught into is if you think about it and I've had worked with couples in the past right where one person in the couple their zero is 500 euro right so their bank account each month never drops below 500 euro and just before payday they're just above the 500 euro and the other person in the same couple their zero is minus 1000 yes. because they always go to the bottom of their overdraft right? and what you, the first thing you have to recognise is you have to reset your zero for the overdraft it is a loan it is expensive the other thing is the credit card is the other one like the credit card just swiping and swiping it's so easy just to build it up and people say oh no I'm really good with my credit card I clear it off every month you do until the month that you don't clear it off because something happens and something changes. Yeah. And you can accumulate that debt up very, very quickly and it's very expensive. Should you have a credit card at all for precisely that reason, really? I don't. Right. Yeah. And people will often, oh, Instagram in particular, how do you rent a car abroad or book into a hotel? Funny enough, you survive. Like, yeah. you say, you, when you're de- lo- when, could I hand a debit card do all those things? They can. And people then argue about the protections. The protections are more or less similar. There are certain circumstances, of, like really kind of one, like, like, Act of really God out type there stuff. type yeah. mad stuff that you really wouldn't come across except maybe once in a lifetime. And you can get around them as well. Like when you're left with a situation at a car rental desk or or something else is going on. But the funny one is, is particularly in the States, if you're over in the States, they like, look at you strange, you don't have a credit card. What do you mean you don't have a credit mm. card? You're trying to check into a hotel and we won't be able to charge, you won't be able to charge anything to the room. And they go, okay, I won't charge anything to the room then. That's <laughs> fine with me. But you shouldn't have, ideally you should get through life without a credit card and the people who think that they're really great with it are the ones who will some month just get caught up and the spiral then starts and they're on a treadmill and they didn't clear it in full this month but they've been doing it for years and it's easy to leave it there. And that's when life is going against you and the least of your worries when life is going against you is it's the credit card that nobody's ringing you about. Yes, yeah, um, yeah it's true. The other yeah. one that's very, very expensive and I'm going up the ranks here in terms of expense. There used to be, I won't give a name again, right, but there used to be a catalogue that used to come out and people would buy clothes and now they can, it's all online. Yeah, you can yeah. buy clothes on it and you can, it's all online now. It's a website, particularly popular here. You can buy a TV or a pair of runners, whatever else. They're not selling you a TV or a pair of runners or a pair of shoes. They're selling you a loan. Mm. The interest rates on those loans for those kind of online catalogue websites is over 40%. It's Whoa. N- and just to put that in perspective, right, 
you put a thousand euros at 40% simple interest keeps them at simple that's 400 euros in interest if you just left it alone for a year right yeah and what I find amazing about that is people will say to you oh no but they're really good to me like I only had a thousand euro limit and I was at my limit and I rang them because I wanted something and they increased my limit over the phone of course they did yeah of course they did and just to put that in perspective that stuff 40 odd percent Credit cards, 20, 22% wouldn't be unusual. Overdrafts, 14, 15%. And then you're down to kind of 8 and 6 and 8 and 10% for personal loans and car loans and that type of thing. Yeah. So they are very expensive. Right. Okay. So probably those ones that just avoid altogether. Yes. Uh, I must admit, yeah, I had a, a, an overdraft for years and every month I was in the overdraft. I have now paid it off. So thank you, Ulster Bank, for pulling out of the Irish market. And I had to do it. It forced, forced me to do it. It's funny when you mentioned credit cards. Someone said that there was a bit of a thing going on on, on Instagram at one stage. A couple of people comment saying, I wonder how many credit cards Owen McGee is responsible for clearing out of the Irish market. I'm not on their yeah, Christmas card list. No, obviously not. No. Right. So, so OK. So a person who's listened to us now God, God, I have, I have a car loan. I have loans for X, Y and Z. I, and it's a strain. Let's say they're maintaining the more or less or maybe yeah. missing the odd one. It's a strain. Which one? Do you go for the biggest one first or the okay, smallest so, one first? So there's two people that can, if you're sitting at home, I'm missing a couple. If you're missing a couple, make sure the communication's there. But maybe you're also the person sitting at home listening to this or driving in the car right now and thinking to themselves, no, I make my payments every month. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I'm getting nowhere. Mm, what do yeah. you do? And it's a great question. Which one do you go after first? The first thing you need to do is identify how big is this problem or is it a small problem big get out a pen and piece of paper if you're good with Excel get out Excel but pen and piece of paper is fine write down the name of the loan like my car loan my over and the overdraft needs to go in there if you know the interest rates that's really important and then how much they're costing you per month and then how much is outstanding on them so mm-hmm. do you owe 600 quid or do you owe 6,000 euros or whatever it is the traditional route and the way of tackling this that will save you the most amount of interest is to identify some extra money and magic it out of somewhere extra money that you're going to tackle this debt with and go after the most expensive one first now keep the repayments as they're required to be on everything but say there's 100 euros a month going off the credit card take 50 euros from the money that you've identified and add it to that 100 euros and go after that one first Mm. right that's the best way to do it financially however emotionally success rates aren't great with that because you're chasing one. So my thing would be always go after the lowest hanging fruit first. And what I mean by that is is I don't care what the interest rate is just find the one that only has 300 euros left on it or 400 and and go after that. So what you get there, Sean, is a very quick win, right? So you're putting 100 euros a month after you add 50 in two months, it's gone. Yeah. Sean, have you ever cleared a loan? Yeah. And how does it feel? Feels grand. It uh, feels great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, well, it does. But there's much personally, I, personally, I hate banks. So, uh, great. They, so it feels so, good to get rid of them. It well, again, it feels good to get rid of it. But you know, yes. also, I'm giving money to yeah. institutions I hate. We've ruined this country. But uh, but apart from that, <laughs> that is Sean's. Yes. No, but, I, but but do talk because people are going. Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got money floating around the place that I just forgot I didn't have. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. What kind of mental attitude to take towards the things you spend money on routinely? Yeah. So one of the things we need to, like people are saying, like it's a tough time at the moment. We're Mm. looking at a basket of shopping last year cost 100 euro. The same basket of shopping now costs 108 euros. That's what inflation means to us. And it is very difficult for people to just tread water, never mind find 50 euros to tackle their debt. That's just annoying them. But what I would say is, is one of the biggest tricks, one of the biggest things that can have a massive impact on your long-term finances is the stuff you do on a day-to-day basis. And what I mean by that is, 
try and identify the stuff that doesn't add any value to your life. Like, what stuff are you doing every day? I'll give you a perfect example. You walk into a shop to buy a bottle of Diet Coke and you walk out with a bottle of Diet Coke and a packet of crisps, yeah. right? The, the, the packet of crisps was a subconscious spend. A marketing department somewhere got into your head as you need. And I, it's a silly example to use, but it's, it's, it's very universal to everybody. But there's stuff like that in your life all the way through your life that you're doing, you're spending money on every day that's not adding any value to your life. And what I would suggest to people is, if you're listening in now, put yourself a challenge in place to, today to say for the next week I'm not going to change my spending habits but every time I spend money I'm going to take out my phone into notes and I'm going to write Diet Coke 180 packet of crisps 120 I'm just going to do a list and this time next week today is Wednesday so we'll remind mm. you now when you're doing your how-to this time next week so I must go back and check my list but then when you're looking at the list put a take out a pen and piece of paper a line down the middle on one side right added value and on the other side right didn't add value. Mm. And you will be shocked how much money you can save by stripping out the stuff that didn't add any value to your life and you haven't compromised on your lifestyle. Because you're now getting to the point where you're identifying for yourself where my leakage is. And that's what you're trying to achieve. And people would say to me, oh, you must be miserable old, like you're a financial <laughs> planner. I'm not. I'm just good at recognising the stuff that adds value and doesn't add value to my life. Yeah. Uh, my dad used to say, says the texter, that you should uh, take out a few loans before applying for a mortgage so you can prove your credit rating. Is that old school thinking? Your dad was absolutely right in the ah, old school, but yeah. not anymore, right? So people, if I was a banker, which I'm not, thankfully, because you wouldn't have invited me in. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if I was a banker and I was I was looking at a loan application, whether I, what I'm looking for is an, afford, uh, an ability to repay. What's the affordability like here? Can this mm. person afford this repayment on a month to month basis? And the type of things I look for, yeah, I can look at loans and there's the loan. So you can see that they service that loan properly and that loan is now gone. So that money is available. Or you can look at their savings record. You can say, oh, that person, the mortgage is going to be 800 a month. They've been saving a thousand euros a month. That shows an ability to repay. Or you might say the mortgage is 800 a month. I can see renting a room for 500 a month and saving 500 a month. It's still a thousand euros a month affordability. It's still proving that there's a record there that this person can consistently put money away. But as a banker, I'd prefer prefer to see it coming in as savings because they did it when they didn't have to do it. Yes, and they, right. Th- it yes. shows, and there's a really good argument for that. Maybe yeah. the bankers don't see it that way, but I see it that way. And you will get across the line once you prove a good track record of an ability to repay. Uh, but they can, because you were saying this before we came on air, there's, I'm sure it's not called a shit list, but it's something like this. But if you have defaulted on a payment, even if it's relatively small, that, yes. that they can look this up. So there's a thing called a central credit register. And if you're applying for a loan, and particularly a mortgage, what I would say is you need to check the central credit, credit register.ie, right? And what you do there is you go in, you put your name, your address, your date of birth, your previous addresses, and about 10, you stick it in, you, you fill out the form, online, you get it done and about 10 days later you get a report and the report basically tells you now what the banks know about you. So you now know what they know about you. Yeah. And if you've missed payments on anything, if you went off to Australia and your mammy never rang you and told you about the credit card letters that were coming in or anything else that's going on, you will find out about it. One of the things I would say to you is if you're in a relationship, now I'm not talking Tinder first date stuff here, yeah, right? Yeah. But if you're getting serious and you're, you're, you're kind of, oh, maybe we look at the future together, their financial history is now your financial history. So whatever about you might want to talk about previous boyfriends or girlfriends, but you definitely need to talk about their financial history. And this is your call to action for this, right? You've never talked to your partner and it's kind of getting serious. You never talked to your partner. Go home this evening and do your central credit register.ie and get them to do it too. In about 10 days time, you'll have a lovely chat. Give us a look at yours. <laughs> give us a look at mine. We'll compare. And you'll find out the surprises because, Sean, you know what happens? 
people fall in love, then they fall in love with a house or apartment. They put a deposit down. They put the mortgage application form in and then they get the surprise. Oh, there's something on your central credit register and we have a problem. If you've had a problem in the past and you're applying for a new loan, you need to fess up to it. You need to tell them, I've had a problem. This is why it happened. Mm. This is why it won't happen again. And make sure you tell them about it because they're probably going to find out about it anyway. Or they will find out about it anyway. Owen McGee there giving out signed financial advice and destroying relationships at the same time. Owen, thanks William for coming into us today. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.